Hello, my friends. Today, we have a weird one to put here in the feed. Uh, so starting tomorrow, we are going to be dropping uh, the Infinity Saga rewatch. Starting with Iron Man 1, me and Ashley are going back and rewatching the entire Infinity Saga, sort of like uh, to see how it feels now and like what are some of the differences we feel now versus when we first saw it, things we didn't ever notice, things that maybe like we just see differently now with all the context of what's coming. Um, so that starts tomorrow. I'm really excited about it. So what I thought would be kind of neat just for the juxtaposition would be to drop our first Iron Man episode when we talked about Iron Man way back in August of 2015. So just in the first year of the podcast, um, we uh, it's me and Jeff, and we're talking about Iron Man 1. So uh, I just thought it would be a fun time. Uh, if it, Let me know uh, how you guys feel about this. Uh, I definitely don't want to flood the feed with things y'all don't want, but I thought this particular thing as a rerun would be kind of neat. Um, so I cut out all the... All the uh, other stuff in that episode, like, because back in the day, we would do, like, three-hour episodes, and we'd do, like, feedback, and then news, and then a review of something, you know? Uh, but I, I, I've, I've edited them down, so it's just our review of Iron Man 1, and uh, thought I'd throw that here in the feed. It was weird. I listened to it because I didn't want to listen to it before we recorded our episode for Iron Man 1, me and Ashley's new episode, but it was weird. I listened to it. I didn't want to listen to it because I didn't want it to like influence any ideas in my head, you know? Um, but it was interesting listening back, just like some of the things that I still think, some of the things that I feel differently about. Um, it was neat. But the thing I kind of just didn't even realize was how different of an editor I am now and how different it would sound. Um, so that's interesting. <laughs> And feels kind of terrible. I was listening to it like, oh, oh, eight years ago, Matt, why did you not take out that thing where you guys talked over each other? Why did you not edit this, Matt? Why aren't you, why aren't you working harder, 2015, Matt? What are you doing with your life? But you know what? It led me here. And I'm a happy man right here talking to you guys, uh, hanging out with all you stranded panda people. Anyway. That's neither here nor there. That was just a small existential crisis, but I'm back on track. Uh, so, so check it out. If you like it, if you like this, uh, uh, let me know. The other thing I wanted to tell you guys is we have a brand new Stranded Panda podcast. I mentioned it on the last episode, but I forgot to mention it till the very end. We have a brand new Stranded Panda podcast called Multiverse News. The idea is, you know, we have so many things we love, so many other loves other than Marvel, um, as I know many of you do. Other geeky things we just absolutely love, and we do uh, cover them on our other Stranded Panda podcast sometimes, but like, we wanted to do like one central place for news. So we're going to be doing a weekly, starting at weekly, we might move to two times a week as, as, the, as the time goes on, if we can get there. If you guys like it and the, it grows, we'll, we'll do it every day. Uh, I think that sounds like a lot of fun, honestly, like talking about the news of the day in... Uh, Right now, we're talking about the news of the week on Multiverse News. It's sort of, uh, we present the news, and then we have like a little bit of a commentary section where we talk about what we think about the news and all that, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's really fun. It's with um, Haley Hobbs from Source Pages, J. Scotty St. Clair from Animation Deliberation, and Jay Sisson uh, from Commute the Podcast. We all uh, kind of joined forces to sort of make this show happen and sort of like produced it, um, planned it, and developed it, and uh, we hope you guys like it. So uh, anyway, I'll probably throw one of those in the feed later this week, but 
please, if you would, it's the first week, so it's really important for growth of a podcast. That first week gets a lot of five-star reviews and a lot of listens. So go to Multiverse News on whatever podcatcher you have and uh, give it a listen. Hit that five-star review. Give it a, a follow on Spotify or a uh, subscri- subscription on um iTunes or Apple. That would be incredibly helpful for real. It's um you guys are amazing to us. You guys treat us so well here on in on in Stranded Panda and I just wanted to uh ask your help with that because it really helps the show grow a ton. I mean, if all of you guys went and subscribed, it would be amazing. And if all of you guys went and gave us five-star review, it would mean like we you know, it would mean us having a show that we could like sustain and do a lot more with. So help us help us grow this new thing. Multiverse News, wherever you get podcasts. And if you want to find a link to it easily, go to uh, strandedpanda.com, click on Multiverse News, and it's got the link to a few of the places you can find the podcast. So thank you so much. Uh, check out this uh, here episode. It's a rerun. It's a rerun. We never do that. I rarely do that. Um, but uh, we hope you. I hope you like it. Hope that. Hope you like the juxtaposition of 2015 Matt and Jeff to uh, 2023 Matt and Ashley, uh, which will drop tomorrow. All right. All that right of that we have no control over. So Iron Man. Thoughts on Iron Man, Jeff? It has aged quite well. I concur. I think... Doctor, you do concur? Rewatching it, it's still probably number two for me of all of the Marvel movies. Behind that, Guardians? Yeah. Guardians is, Guardians took number one. Because Guardians just did blue... Blew the whole concept of a superhero movie up. It and, blew and your mind it, all over the room like a mind grenade. It did. I, I, but that movie was so good, I've spent one weekend of my life, one one night a week of my life talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe ever since. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no other movie made me do that. <laughs> um, so No other movie touched me so deeply. <laughs> and so, so inappropriately. Um, so Who's I, gonna drive you home? <laughs> I I really yeah, but I, sticking to Iron Man, Iron Man was great, just great. The only things that that I really noticed that were like weird with current knowledge were uh-huh. the phones, because I'm so focused on technology, you know, with my job being computers okay. and whatnot. Nobody had a smartphone. It was so weird. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. Nobody had a smartphone. It was odd. I mean, Tony had like was like talking video chat with Obadiah. Yeah, but that that existed with that phone at that time. That was fine. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. This was two thousand eight. Yeah. Like the, in in the continuity, this that was the phones that they had currently available. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I get that. It's just they look like dinosaurs. Oh. Oh. I see. I see what you're saying. I thought you were saying it was a problem. No. The- no. 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 It wasn't like a continuity issue. It was okay. just like that bugs me because that's old. Yeah. That <laughs> that's is, old technology. What are you doing th- with that, Tony Stark? That is strange, especially for um for Tony Stark. No. no, it wasn't old at the time. Plus, no, this was not. this was also um, this was also before Disney had bought Marvel Studios, so they didn't have that Disney budget f- 
for everything. And you notice when uh, when he starts the Mark II preparations and he transfers that data to the hologram projector on his table, like which was blew my mind whenever yeah. I first saw that when it happened. That I was, was like, really oh my, nice. you just went, oh, what? Going from one work surface to another. And then like, having it go to 3D. Yeah, that was that was mind-blowing, and still is. It still kind of is really cool, but like that compared to like what he does in Iron Man 2, where he has the scan of the entire, uh, the entire expo facility oh, yeah, happening, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like completely crazy ridiculous hologram 3d like that's that's a big step in one movie yeah that's a big leap uh i I mean i would even say you know we always talk about sci-fi and uh different fantasy content like this causing well i guess this is just straight sci-fi this is a sci-fi movie you know um, yeah, kind of. It's a superhero yeah. movie, of course, but like, there's not any mystical anything in here. It's yeah. or fantasy elements, just science fiction, it's technology. Yeah. Um, and the idea of them casting his little screen onto a bigger screen is cool because we we do that all the time now with like Chromecast and things or like yeah. swiping things over and it just showing up on a different screen. And I think we're going more and more that way with our technology. My vision of the future. Is that we're gonna? Everyone's gonna have a computer on them that will interface, and we already do. But it's gonna interface with all kinds of devices around you, whether it be screens or audio devices or whatever. And we already have that with Bluetooth. But like, I think that's that trend is going to continue to the point where like you always have your data and your uh, settings on you, and they just pull it up on whatever device you're close to. You know? Yeah. And I think that's just such a cool, cool vision. And I think that. Iron Man nailed it. Um, what it was? What it was uh, seven years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, doesn't seem like that. Lo- it seems like such a lot, lot longer of a time. Yeah, it seems like it's been so long since Iron Man One came out. But it's only seven years. It's only seven years. Seven. Then again, to some people, seven years is a really freaking long time. Sure, like babies. Well, I mean, like <laughs> there are some people that. You know that might listen to our podcast. That seven years is a third of their life. I I would be I would say there's probably people out there it's half of their life or maybe even the whole thing. Um, <laughs> it's very possible. Um, yeah, so could be. One thing that stood out to me, uh, a stylistic choice they made in this movie that I loved was the way that they time shifted the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Started it really out, got your attention. Oh, it absolutely did. When it just like starts off with that bang. I mean, technically first it starts with the great music. Yeah. Which well, seems exactly. to be like the centerpiece of the best Marvel films so far. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Both of the, my two favorites have featured music heavily. And even just the music that he's listening to while he's working in his garage is really just... It gives such a... Suicidal tendencies? I think so. Yeah. It just gives like a interesting uh, an interesting element to his character that that's the kind of music he listens to true true. when she comes in turns it down he's like please don't turn on my music please don't turn on my music (laughs) he Tony Stark is so strange I love his character so much he's almost he's a complicated guy he feels to me autistic (laughs) 
But yeah. yeah, you know how autistic people often have like one thing they're really good at focusing on. Yeah, his is being really cool. <laughs> He's I know I know it's like he has this weird sort of like laser focus in his character that is almost like a a, 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 a characteristic of someone with Aspergers or something where he like. Please don't turn on my music. I am listening to my music. Like that that sort of like sometimes he just spits things out that almost Yeah. Om- he, he's so laser focused on his work sometimes that he's not very good socially, but then he's also just so cool. <laughs> like he's just so cool and so uh just just you know, the coolest guy in the room. I just want to be I want to be Tony Stark so much the whole time. <laughs> I could I could see No, nah, I don't know that I would agree on the autism thing. <laughs> Just not, like not obviously not. It's ex- it's it's what every nerd wanted to be. Like it's it's the the nerd that grew up to be the leader of a company. He's a billionaire because he's a nerd and he's also the coolest person in the room everybody yeah. wants to be him. Like that's those, the those nerd story. Don't combine ever. <laughs> uh, generally not. And, and, and that's what that's what makes Tony Stark such a cool character. I mean, let's look at Tim Cook. I don't really know who Tim Cook is. CEO of Apple. Oh, right, right, right. He's not the coolest guy in the room. No. No, no, he's not. Um, yeah. That's unfortunate for him. <laughs> the company would probably be doing better if he were. It was when, uh, <laughs> when Jobs was around. Um, you know. True. Things have kind of tapered off and gone on hill. And it's a largely because people don't see the visionary in charge anymore, you know? Um, it could be. But. That's beside the point. The point is... Tony Stark's a badass. Tony Stark's a badass. Yeah. And he drives a badass car. Something that I, I, I remarked on when I was watching it with Sarah um, is that Audi makes really, really badass-looking cars. Mm-hmm. And there were like several in this film that yeah. just oh my lord! I'm not a car guy, but when he's flying over, not wanting to hurt his cars, uh, that was so so good, so funny. It made me <laughs> oh, nervous. No, 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 cars. Like, not that car, not that car. <laughs> um, but then, like when he's driving to the to the gala when uh, the suit Mark Three is being fabricated, mm-hmm. and. He's just he's hauling ass in that that Audi. I don't even know what model it is because I'm not a car guy, but I know that symbol, that yeah. Audi symbol. Oh my, that mm. beautiful. It was a beautiful car. And, and then, then he, he, he I love when he throws the hot rod red onto the suit. Yep. It's gold because that's the color of the metal and then he's like, but we throw a little hot rod red. It's a little ostentatious, don't you think? <laughs> yes, that will certainly make you more incognito. <laughs> I like that Jarvis was so sarcastic. He's like, what was I thinking? You're usually so discreet. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, his AIs... Yes, that should help you keep a low profile. His AIs are great. And now I'm, I'm so excited to hear more from Vision. Um, Jarvis Jarvis was such a great character in this movie. Um, really, I, I didn't mind any character. And you know, everyone talks about this movie having a weak villain. Obadiah Stane. Stane was great. He was really menacing. He was really menacing. He was really interesting. He had a weird, like, father-son relationship with Tony. 30 years I've been holding you up! I think when they when they talk about... 
weak villains, often they're tough. They, I always hear them talk about, well, it was just Iron Man, like a like a reverse Iron Man, you know, Iron Monger. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that's not the villain of the piece. That that provides for the final fight. Yeah, but, but the villain was Obadiah Stane. Yeah, Obadiah. His name is weird. I actually find it a little stupid that he gets in the suit at the end. Yeah, I feel like that's not what Obadiah Stane would do. Obadiah Stane would get four, uh, you know, mercenaries to get in the suits and go after. That that's, just seems a little off character uh, for him to actually be in the suit. He's a little old. He's a little like he's a businessman. I don't think he'd get in that suit. Well, he doesn't normally have the taste for that kind of thing. Yeah. But he was deeply enjoying the suit. It's true. It's true. He did say that. I I just, I don't know. I, I feel like the movie would have worked a little better if he had stayed Obadiah Stane and not become Ironmonger and done the whole... I don't know. Although, the, the, that fight sequence is amazing. It really is. It's really, really great. It's unfortunate that... Um, that it had to be like Iron Man at his twenty percent capacity versus Ironmonger doing awesome. Because that's well, one of the things that kind of like it, it sucked about it. Because like the whole time I'm thinking, if you hadn't stolen that one chess piece from him, you unimaginative prick, yeah, he'd be doing so much better. But you know, that's you want the you want the hero to be on the ropes. Yeah, there's, the end. there needs to be a struggle. And if and if he had if he had just he obviously has better tech. Yeah. And he would have just he would have just trounced him. But I love that. When when he's like at the end he's like lost a hand off his suit and he's like cuz he took it off early. Yeah, he took it off early. He just he I like seeing his suit falling apart, you know. It just yeah. just makes for good stuff. That's one of the things about uh the Spider-Man movies I really liked. Uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies was when he starts getting cut up and he's bleeding and you can uh, yeah. see like half his suit ripped up. I was always like, and there's like the piece of his mask missing. Oh yeah, because there's like a bomb goes a, a goblin bomb or whatever goes off in his face and yep. just like burns off his suit at that. Point. Had such a great iconic imagery and it makes first it makes the superhero feel so much realer. Yeah, more real, more human, more human, closer not, to human not rather, just a suit. He's not yeah. just a suit. He's a guy in a suit. And that's, you know, it's important. It's important that we get to see that some, to some degree. Yeah. Um, and I was I was happy to see the um, the original instance of Phil Coulson come up again. Because, oh, yeah. like, we're so used to seeing Phil Coulson in Shield. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the series like where he's just the badass he's the guy but then like he comes up as this extra little guy some unassuming little extra agent like whatever he was just a shield agent instead of the shield agent you know um and it was much more and he had both his hands (laughs) that's true sorry gosh i was uh that's spoiler (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i can't uh can't wait for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to come back. Season 3! Starting mm-hmm. in uh, just a few weeks. Yeah, not long. Just a few End weeks. of September. That's awesome. Next month. Woo! Um, so, uh, I thought that Stark's personality, from the moment he's in the Humvee, he was Tony Stark. Like, they didn't take any time for him to become... They had a very gr- good vision of who Tony Stark was. You know, he didn't feel... It was Robert Downey Jr. Well, yeah, but he doesn't feel different. I've seen a lot of Robert Downey movies, and he plays different characters. Yeah. Um, he's a good actor. 
He uh, is. And the Tony Stark bravado and the cleverness, the quippiness, it was all there. The same Tony Stark that is in, you know, Avengers and Avengers 2 and, and Iron Man 2 and 3 are is in this movie. He's not different. He doesn't feel he doesn't feel like a proto Iron uh, uh, Tony Stark. He feels like Tony Stark. Yeah. You know? And I, and I loved that. I loved that like it didn't take them long to get their footing. They knew the character they wanted to create on the screen and they created it. So, thought that was really great. Um I Yeah, that that the same can't be said for Thor because he starts off as impetuous and prideful and uh, vain, greedy, etc., etc., and then learns humility. Yeah. Which, Tony Stark learns a lesson in this movie, too. But it doesn't change who he is. Who he is. And I I, I would probably say the same of Thor. I think that Thor... Thor is young, like kind of younger and more impetuous, but at least that is the arc of the movie that he yeah. is changing. You know, so I don't think it's a it's a problem in that movie, but um, I, I think that uh, it's just it was just impressive for them to uh, to just know 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 who they were gonna gonna do. And, and and his his initial thing that causes Tony to change in this movie is interesting because the, the fact that he's blown up by his own bomb. He has to look down and see Stark Industries right before he blows up. You know, yeah, that's a great moment, and it's in the it's the first moment of this movie. They don't even reshow it. I thought for sure that they'd show it again once you had the flashback. They don't even show that shot again. It's such a I like, like that iconic they, moment. I like that they don't really hold your hand through that scene again. No, I like that it's just like it got to this point and. You know what happens now. Let's pick up. But after that, I like that yeah, too. I kind of wish for those of us who didn't know who Tony Stark was that they had shown the shot of the bomb again. Maybe just because I think people who saw the scene the first time might not have even known his name yet, and then he he gets blown up by a Stark Industries bomb, and then you see that it's Stark Industries it doesn't have the same weight. But I'm not going to question it. The movie's so I mean, wonderful. that's that's a nitpicky kind of thing. Oh, very. As very, long very. as we're nitpicking, yeah. You got some. Nitpicks? Well, there's there were just a couple of things that bugged me just a little bit, but it's only because I was picking nits, and it was one, the the first one was that the leader of the the little Ten Ring sect, which was. First off, I want to say Ten Rings inclusion in this movie was fantastic. Setting up for the Mandarin later, that's incredible. Yeah. For but sure. He wants Tony Stark to build a missile. One missile. Yeah. One Jericho missile. What are you going to do with one Jericho missile? Well, they might be able to reverse engineer it, too. They... They also talked about the fact that... That's really the only thing that I could justify it with, is that they had the guys watching on the cameras, and they might have been able to be like, oh, he used these parts, let's do that again, and kind of make the same thing. But... Yeah. Well, and Just, even still, one Jericho missile. The whole the whole idea. They were pissed. They were supposed to kill him. They were supposed yeah. to kill Tony, and then they realized who he was, and they kept him. Um, and th- what 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 he said is they didn't pay him enough. They said they paid him pennies to kill a prince, trinkets to kill a prince, trinkets to kill a prince. Um, and I think that he was like, you know what? We want one of those 
two two million dollar missiles. We don't want we don't want these trinkets. We want a two million dollar missile. If we're gonna, you know, and then we're gonna kill it. <laughs> then we're gonna kill it. We're, we're gonna get we're gonna get paid what we what we're owed. I think is kind of what was happening there. It just it seems to me a more childish outlook or a, a childish desire. Like, give me this one thing, and that made it kind of accessible, I guess, and and looming for children but like if if they had said you're gonna stay with us and be our weapons designer you're gonna build for us or we're gonna kill you know your friends and your family and whatever that would have been a lot more um the the stakes would have been a little bit higher i guess because like one missile just doesn't seem like it's that big a deal. And even though it is a really great missile, yeah. they showed it. It's and, and they might have incredible. had a specific target in mind. Yeah, they could have pointed it at, you know, one city, but still, it's not I mean I hear you. It was a little bit just like it seemed oh short sighted. Okay. Yeah, it was a little that's exactly the word, thank you. Yeah. It was a bit short sighted. But again, that's just me nitpicking about it. It was still it was still perfect as far as what it needed to be. For sure. Um, the movie is filled with great one-liners. Yes, it is. Uh, just every scene, every scene Tony is in is just a pleasure to watch because Tony is constantly saying hilarious things. <laughs> I should have just written down a bunch of the one-liners because they're just... But they're also contextual. They're also in the moment of the scene it requires the the actors to really be in rhythm together just yeah. really really great really really great i really liked his line about um <laughs> uh we need to do, we need to do a press conference uh and then cheeseburger <laughs> uh, cheeseburgers and there are two conference. things i want to do i want an american cheeseburger and the other it's not what you think i want to hold a press conference <laughs> happy Drive, cheeseburger first. <laughs> cheeseburger first cracked me up so much. <laughs> cheeseburger first, and then he gets out of the car with Burger King. Yeah, really great. And Stain's like, "Did you get me one of those?" And he's just like, "There was only one left." <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's been in a cave for three months. He yeah. deserves all the cheeseburgers. He really does. Like, maybe I should go stay in a cave for three months. Then uh, I could have all the cheeseburgers and not feel bad about it. As much as I love Don Cheadle, I love Don Cheadle, and I and I'm excited to see Iron Man two and three because uh, they and and Ultron again because they have Don Cheadle in them as um, War Machine. I'm not. I don't know. There's a certain amount of affection that Rhodey and Tony have between each other in this movie. Yeah. Did I just really man when? Oh gosh, when uh. When he finds him in the desert. When he finds him in the desert, almost brought tears to my eyes. How was the fun V? How was the fun V? And then he says, next time you're riding with me. And then he just falls, like, his head in his ch- and into uh, Rhodey's chest. Like, yep. Oh, it's so good. Yep. <laughs> so good. Oh, gosh. So that's, that, the, the Rhodey love was really strong in this movie. That's true. That's and I, don't, I don't know that I feel that in the rest of the movies. They're they're still like partners and they they you know care about each other. But there's just such a they really worked hard to establish that in this movie. That, that yeah. The, the change of actors throws me off. I need that chemistry to be built back up a little bit. I don't know if they go for that. 
Well, I, you know, honestly, I really like that they address that head on in Iron Man 2. We'll talk about it in Iron Man 2, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. They they just, exactly they go right about. up front with it and say, "Don't worry about it." Yeah. Deal with it. It's me. Deal with it. It's me. I'm here now. Or he says something like that. Yep. It's like, "What?" So good. We'll, we'll we'll definitely cover that next week. Um I thought it was interesting how heavy of a presence uh Howard had in this movie. Yeah. They only showed one picture of him, but like you really had a sense that like Howard Stark made you know is a huge part of who Tony is, um, and there's a car accident that killed both his parents, which we know now it was not a car accident, right? Don't we know that from? Uh, um, we know Hydra killed him. Do we? Uh, I believe so. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that uh, in oh gosh, in Cap Two. Winter Soldier, Arnim Zola has has a little flash of all the oh, people yeah. that he he's like when there were threats we had them eliminated and then it shows pictures and shows Howard Stark's face yeah so we know that uh, Howard Stark his wife or at least Tony's mother and um uh Agent Carter's husband were all killed by by Hydra at some point. Um, which we also know that Obadiah Stane was working heavily, very strongly with Howard Stark. Uh, he, he says, you know, basically he was the right-hand man to Howard Stark. Yep. Which makes me say something else. I think Obadiah Stane, Stane was Hydra. Mm, maybe. I he, was, he was dealing with the Ten Rings... In the background, what are you saying that like dealing under the table? Sure, yeah, with well, the ten rings. Well, and and we know, and we know that Hydra and the ten rings were, um, at least a little bit inter- intertwined. Do we? Uh, well, not See, not like as that... organizations, but like one was inf- infiltrating the other. In oh, we do. When did yeah, we know that? Yeah, these guys are representatives of Hydra. Oh, you did He's call. got the Ten Rings uh, tattoo yeah, the on his neck. Tattoo. Yep. So we do. See, I was thinking the opposite that Hydra was infiltrating Ten Rings. Well, no, the Hydra. Oh. Very oh, well. Obadiah Stane in this movie uses the Ten Rings and then just wipes them, wipes that group out. That little that little group of the Ten Rings. Sect, yeah. yeah. So that ring. <laughs> so that. Shows, says to me that Hydra and the Ten Rings aren't the same thing, for sure. And I don't know that they have really close ties. They probably have some loose ties. Uh, and this is just, you know, I'm just uh, speculating of how much Obadiah Stane might be involved with Hydra. And I, th- I, I'm going to say I think he was. Because they, were, they, they got rid of threats. Um, Howard Stark was gotten rid of because he was a threat to Hydra. And who would have been better to report on Howard Stark being a threat to Hydra than his right-hand man, Obadiah Stane? I, that's some nice headcanon. Oh, yeah. No, it's absolutely... <laughs> it's a theory. Yeah. It's definitely not... I'm not even fixing anything that's broken. I'm just... You know... It's a thing that could 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 be. You know what's unfortunate is that they didn't go with the, uh, the original ending. Uh, Jeff Bridges had said recently that... It was, it was like a month or two ago when he had said 
that in the original shooting, in the original script, the uh, the police and scientists or whatever were picking apart the rubble from the arc reactor in the factory yeah. and opened the suit that Stan had been in and it was empty. Like, they didn't find the body. So he escaped and could come back later. Cool. I still think it's possible he could come back later. Yeah, I mean, they never show... They never show his dead body. His he's, dead body. He's in a suit that could have protected him, so... Maybe. He gets shocked a bunch and then falls, and then the building explodes, so like... Yeah. And we all know that getting shocked a bunch doesn't kill you. It just makes you scream in pain. Yeah, for sure. Yellow jacket. Yeesh. Where he's like... In the bug zapper. Him getting shocked in the bug zapper was just super funny. It really was. <laughs> just super funny. Anyway, um, one of the things that I kept that I that I saw that they kept focusing on that I'm really glad they did was um, the the leader of those of that ten ring sect kept twisting his ring and like messing with his ring. Oh yeah, uh, just because of the way that the Mandarin's power works with the rings. Okay, he has ten rings on, and they yeah he's he has ten rings of power. They're alien technology that he figured out how to to use, and. At one point, he develops the ability to, um, like, give somebody a ring, like, lend it to them, and be able to see where, like, see their area around them, or, like, see from the ring's perspective, I guess. And um, he can observe anything through the rings like that, and then he can remotely call the ring back to him, and it just, like, teleports back onto his finger. And he can use the power of the rings remotely from wherever he is. Okay. Which is great that they that they stick that in there that, you know, this ring is given to that guy for yeah. safekeeping. Interesting. And, you know, he's just one of the many hands. One of the ten rings yeah. or whatever. Cool. <clears throat> that's really cool. Um well, man, I, that's all I had written down to speak on. Is there anything else you wanted to mention in relation to Iron Man 1? Uh, yeah, there was, a, there was a little bit of nitpicking that happened. Obadiah Stane's logic at the end of it. Um, if, we, if we account for Obadiah not knowing that Tony Stark had made a replacement arc reactor for his chest... Yeah. Obadiah would have been in his mind. Sarah came up with this theory, by the way. So, Obadiah thought that he was stealing a prototype arc reactor to put into his prototype suit. He called it a prototype. I wish you could see my prototype. It's not as conservative as yours. Yeah. So, he's got prototype arc reactor to go in a prototype suit and he's killing the only man who could make that crap better. Yeah, well, I think he believed that... Yeah, I think he believed his suit was better. I mean, he said, my suit is better in every way, as they're taken off My suit is space. more advanced in every way, yeah. He believed his suit was better. The only thing he couldn't crack was the arc reactor. And I think once he had that in his possession, he could reverse engineer it, which is why he wanted it earlier in the movie, and Tony said, no, this stays with me. Yeah. Um, Let me have the engineers analyze that. And he said, no, this stays with me. So I think when he kills, or he tries to kill Tony and takes his arc reactor out, he's he thinks he's got enough information to take it to his engineers 
to to fit that into his suit, which he already believes is better technology. Yeah, but that suit has is, is less tested than Tony's suit, so I don't think that's a flaw in any way. Eh, it's it's nitpicking, but that could go right along with your nitpick of he should have uh, he should have not gotten in the suit and played the part of like the billionaire behind the scenes. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Because, like, well, like what she was saying is, like, if he had kept him alive, if he had kept Tony alive, he could have worked him a little bit and possibly gotten the better technology out of it and the better arc reactor and and segued that into better suits. Yeah, I just think he was worried about his company was falling apart. They dropped 56% in value, and he was like... I need something to give my shareholders. And he was like, this arc reactor needs to be mine. And Tony wouldn't give it to him. So yeah. he just went ahead and tried to kill him. Yeah. And that's really just nitpicks. You want a, you want a smaller nitpick? Yeah. I've yeah. got another Absolutely. one. Absolutely. You know the, the thing that he, uh, that he used to extract the arc reactor out of Tony's chest? Yep. How did he know what size? Well, I'm, I'm, it was I'm, the perfect size for it. I'm going to assume it's adjustable. <laughs> it was a steel ring. It was a steel cylinder. Yeah, exactly the perfect size to fit directly on top of that arc reactor and what pop did it they out. have? Uh, I mean, there's not like a standard arc reactor size. Tony, they he probably knows. Tony had some sort of surgery when he got back. That's not the same arc reactor that he used in the in the uh, cave, right? Now, the the surgery that he had was in his own garage when he got Pepper to come down. No, but he also has a huge metal shaft in his chest. Yeah, they put that in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he probably, Obadiah might have had access to those. No, uh, no, like, this I'm, is I'm saying Jensen put that in. Like, Oh, that, did he put that metal, th- yeah. that metal, I guess that metal shaft looks so clean and brightly colored, I just, it looked like it had been done once he got back to the States, but. Now the the surgery that he that he had in the states wasn't until Iron Man three. You're right. You're right. That's I think that's what was in my head. Yeah. Now, Iron Man three. He finally gets that removed. And all the shrapnel. Yep. Okay. Um, it's a wonder he didn't get some sort of infection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that whole thing always seemed real strange to me. The whole art, using the arc to keep shrapnel out of your heart or organs, vital organs, but. It just it's seems hard, like you yeah. just take that out. <laughs> Why not just take the trap and out? Remove it. <laughs> yeah, which is what they do later. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting to know to note in Iron Man three that that was it was a choice to keep that in his yeah uh, in his chest. Yeah, I mean, those are really the only nitpicks I have. Cool. Yeah, I didn't really have any nitpicks. Um, Except for, except, and this this isn't really a nitpick. I think that, I think the choice to have Obadiah get in the suit's a bad choice. But other than that, this movie is great. Yeah, I mean, Just really, really great. At this point, Marvel has created a formula for printing money. Yep, and they continue to do it for twelve more movies or yep. <laughs> something like that. Yep, <laughs> I think they have now surpassed Star Trek for number of movies. Have they? I think they have. That's a that's a tall order. Uh, I'm trying to remember to make sure, but especially yeah, all the movies that, that Team G Star had. Trek now has ten. Well, original series had way more. Original series had six. TNG had three. They had three. That was it. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Uh, Generations, First Contact, Insurrection. 
What about Nemesis? Oh, you're right, Nemesis. I guess I was counting three of their own, and then Generations was a cross over. Oh, uh, yeah. The two crews. So, I guess it was six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eleven was the 2009 Star Trek. And uh, then and 12, Into Darkness. Twelve was Into Darkness. Yeah. So, there's been twelve Star Trek movies. Uh, but, uh, you know, with the eleventh and twelfth, it's kind of a reboot. So... Even though it's still technically the universes still exist, but it is a reboot to a new universe, so I don't know if you can count those. It's not in the same canon, really. Yeah. It kind of is, kind of isn't. I love what they did. <laughs> they didn't destroy my childhood canon to create this new one. I like that they created a universe in which my childhood canon can still exist. Yep. D Space Nine is still a thing. <laughs> um, Hooray. Hooray. All right. Well, man. I think I think we've we've done it. I think Have, we did it. I think we talked about Iron Man. Did we cover Iron Man? I think we did. Holy crap. Holy crap. <sighs> that's that's big, man. Yeah. That's big. Well, uh guys, next week we're going to be covering Hulk. The incredible the Hulk. Incredible Hulk. By God, don't watch the Aaron Banner. One. <laughs> yeah, 2008 as well, right? Yes. 2008's Incredible Hulk with Ed, starring Edward Norton. So, uh check it out. And we'll be back to talk about it next week. And, of course, bring you all your news and, uh, you know. Marvel Cinematic Universe updates. Yeah, all them, all them, all them updates, though. Hey, Charles, you want to talk about the Incredible Hulk? Yeah, hit us up. And Dave, too. And, and Dave. really anyone. Uh, and if Josh. You, if you want to shoot us an email, if you want to be on our show, we're, we're, not, we're not too good to have anybody on our show, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So... Come, I mean, Edward Norton, out. if you're listening, like call in. Yeah, five seven three cast MCU. Edward Norton, please <laughs> hit us up on Skype. Please come be on our show. <laughs> uh, I really liked Birdman. <laughs> I still haven't seen Birdman. I want to. Oh, Every time good. I hear about it, I want to see it's it. It's really, really good. Edward Norton was great in it. All right, guys, we're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Looking forward to hearing from you and talking to you next week. Peace. Adios. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. And a special thanks to all of our subscribers at patreon.com slash mcucast. You make this show possible. A big shout out to our brand new first ever Illuminati tier patron, Walter Kreisky III. Thank you, sir. If you want to find all of our fine Stranded Panda podcasts, go to strandedpanda.com. And for a video version, check out youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you want to take part in our live streams, go to twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv.